Hey, welcome to Called Bank Sports. Tonight we're going to do our post-game analysis for the Jazz and the Miami Heat. So, tonight was an interesting game to say the least. The Jazz started off stone cold from three for the majority of the game, but especially the first half. They shot three of 21 um, in the first two quarters, which I believe translates to 14%. So definitely not the consistent thing you want to be seeing from this team. However, the Jazz had a lot of resilience tonight, even though there was just a horrendous offensive showing. And they were able to go on and just beat the Miami Heat. And they were able to beat them really handily. Miami definitely has a lot of talent. They have had a really rough season this year. I believe they're under 500. And while they were on a four-game winning streak, I could tell why Miami is not having a great year. Just offensively, even though the Jazz played great defense, the Heat were not able to get anything done. And while the Jazz had 17 turnovers, the Miami Heat had 15. So just... Overall, one of the sloppier games I've seen this year. But I think the biggest highlight of the game was the beginning of the third quarter, where the Utah Jazz came out. It was 47-42. Um, they had their five-point lead, and they held the Miami Heat scoreless for over the first six minutes of the second half while putting up 16 points during that stretch. So they went from being up 47-42 to being up, I believe, 63-42. So they got a 21-point lead, and that was their largest lead of the game, and just held on from there. Miami um, was able to go on a couple runs and get things close, but they never pulled within single digits again. And the Jazz won, which, you know, after playing one of the best teams in the NBA in the Milwaukee Bucks last night, and having to, even though it was thankful, even though it was at home, having to come back out and play another team just was really good overall. Pick up their seventh win in a row, 18 of 19 after their 4-4 start. So while there's definitely a lot of improvement I want to see, and today is not the Jazz that I want to see ever again this season, they won. And really, that's what good teams do. You can look at the Lakers right now, and while they're having close games and maybe not playing as well as they should, they're winning. And that's why if you go to the NBA standings, which I have pulled up right here, you have the Jazz at 22-5, and continuing their best start in franchise history, um, ahead of the Lakers by one game, who are at 21-6. and So really neck and neck right there. One game, especially not even half the way into the season, isn't that big of a separation, but it still boggles my mind that the Jazz are the one seed. So let me know what you guys think in the comments. I'll get there in a couple um, in a couple minutes after I check the box score. And also, if you can leave a like on the video and subscribe if you haven't subscribed, it helps us get a much bigger audience, especially to these live streams. And just a lot of fun to chat with you guys after every Jazz game. So if this is your first one, um, we do it after every jazz game. So whether it's me or whether it's my co-host Dale, we'll break down the game and just hear your guys' thoughts. So going to the box score, um, let me, here we go. Donovan led the team with 26 points. He had, um, 
He was abysmal from three point range. He was three of he was three of twelve, so twenty five percent. Um, five of seven from the line, and he was six of nine from um, two point range, so sixty six percent from inside inside the arc. But overall, he was plus six and had twenty six points. Best plus nine, minus of the night was Joe Ingles at plus thirty, which just kind of shocks me there. He only put up eight points. So that shows you what he was able to do um, on the offensive end, well, on the defensive end, as well as with his six assists. The And then the bench played okay tonight. Um, nothing too crazy. Clarkson was mediocre. He had 11 points. But what truly was the highlight of this game for me is looking at what Bojan did. Bojan was two for six from behind the arc. So 33%, not, not terrible. You're going to have those nights. Um, but more importantly, he was five of seven inside the paint. Well, not inside the paint, inside the arc. So he was just getting to the rim and finishing, which is something he has lacked all year. So even though Miami does have a horrendous, um, interior defense, him being able to do that just will hopefully boost his confidence and we'll be able to see him um, add that second dimension to his game this season and just become more potent and continue to lead to the Jazz to having one of the best defenses, best offenses all time in the NBA. I'm really excited about tonight. There was nothing, there was really nothing crazy from, from the Heat side of the ball. Um, none led them with 23 points. But other than that, it was just really a mediocre game where Butler, who is a great player, um, has some issues with his game, but he was only able to put up 15. So you're not going to win if you're the Heat and you just have this horrendous um, of an offensive night. So, yeah, so that those are my takes on the game, and let me get to the comments right here. So um, Corbin says he went to the game and it was awesome. Sweet. I'm really excited that the lower and upper bowl are being open for more fans, and it's – Super exciting. I'm hopefully going to get to go to a game here next week. And overall, just excited to be able to go watch this team play. And hopefully the um, arena can be full come playoff time. I'd love to be able to get a packed house. I, I don't think it will happen, but I would love for that to happen for the Jazz. Um, Some people, so I can't remember if I mentioned this in the stream itself, but I put in the live chat last night. Some people were talking about wanting us to try to do a collab with James Hansen and we're going to reach out to him and we would love for that to happen. His Twitter handles in the, um, in the live chat, it's at Hanson James. If that's something you want, reach out to him and let him know that's going to go a long way. Um, us reaching out will be awesome, but if you guys let him know it's something you want, it will hopefully make that be able to happen. He's an awesome Guy, awesome creator from what I've seen, and we'd love to be able to do some work with him. So Jazzfan987 put his top eight in the league, and he wants to know if I agree. Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Suns. Um, he, well, he has Nuggets again at six, so I don't know what the mix-up is. Seven Blazers, eight Spurs. I'm going to... So I'm going to guess that you're going for the top eight in the West. Um, so Lakers and so top eight teams, Lakers. I I don't know how to feel about the jazz and the Lakers right now, February 24th. I've marked my calendar. 
super excited for that because the Lakers won last year and because of LeBron James consistency to be able just to have amazing games, I would put the Lakers above the jazz right now just because of that consistency I've seen for the past 17 years of LeBron being in the league. Um, Jazz at two, I definitely think that they are built to beat the Clippers, even though the Clippers um, are an amazing team. And the Jazz are just able to stop Paul George and Kawhi Leonard from getting inside with Gobert. And that really takes away a dimension from their game that's valuable. Um, Nuggets at four. um, Yeah, they're definitely the fourth best team. Suns at five. I'll be interested to see if how long Chris Paul holds up this season and if his legs start um, just getting tired. I'm going to, I'm going to say Mavs at six. That's my best guess. Um, Seven Blazers and eight Spurs. I'm not as well versed as I should be at the bottom of the West right now. I definitely think that Denver will move its way up to four. Um, Portland is coming back and take it looking at this. Um, I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. There's nothing really that I want to nitpick other than the fact that there are, when you look at the difference between San Antonio, um, Portland at the five seed and new Orleans at the 12 seed, that's a four game difference. And so while this is a shorter season, there's still so much room for shaking up. The only team that is 100% out of it right now is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They could theoretically come back, but I just don't see that happening. They consistently have semi-strong starts to the season and then collapse. So, yeah, I agree with your top eight. I think once you get down to five through ten, based with the playing games, there's just so much room to shake up. Oh, you meant Warriors at four? That could happen. Um, I would see the Mavericks getting their legs underneath them over the Warriors. Steph's amazing. I just think Steph will be the one who has to carry the team for them to be up there. And I think that Luke and Chris Stapps have a better chance of coming back and making it to the playoffs. So um, any guesses on Conley return? I'm just going to stop guessing because I didn't think he was going to be out this long. Let me pull up the Utah jazz schedule. Um, Dale and I were talking about it this morning. I don't think it was on air. We were talking about like, when do we want him to come back? As important as he is, we saw with Donovan coming back in the Denver game that it's hard to come back in a big game. So I honestly don't know. Like the Jazz are winning without Mike and he's obviously one of the most valuable players on this team and he's doing amazing. And you really want him when you're playing Philadelphia twice over the next 11 games, the Clippers twice, the Lakers once. So you have those five really big games. If the Jazz go two of three, um, I, I don't know. Part of me is almost wondering if the Jazz keep playing how they're playing, if he's just going to come back after the All-Star break and you're just going to make sure that he's healthy I don't. I haven't seen any inside sources or things like that. At this point, I. It's just so up in the air. I'd like to see him back at the latest in the Charlotte game on the twenty second. Um. So nine days from now, so that he has a game to get back into rhythm. 
before we play the Lakers at home on the 24th. But to be honest, if by the time the 24th comes and goes, if he hasn't, if he hasn't played, I don't, as long as we didn't get hammered by the Sixers, I don't know if I want him to come back before the break. I think I'd rather just have him sit out, um, like 14 games in total and hopefully come back healthy for the second half and be able to make that push and make it to the playoffs instead of having the possibility of him getting hurt or re-aggravating his hamstring going um, towards the end of the season. So that's just kind of my take. There's really nothing concrete there because we just don't really have any information on Conley. He was out for a while last season with a similar injury and this time, I don't know if it got as bad, but obviously the Jazz aren't pressuring him to come back because there's no return date set. <laughs> Thank you, Carter. I appreciate the compliments on my analysis. I'm trying to get better. I do have to give a giant shout out to David Locke. Um, he's the Jazz radio announcer, and he has a podcast network called Locked On Jazz. It's super helpful. Um, he has a podcast for every NBA team and every NFL and Major League Baseball team and even more. So I'd really like advise you, if you guys want to know more about the matchups we're going into, just go find a podcast for the other team. Um, on Locked On Sports is a good place to check and listen to them. That's really what has helped me better understand who the Jazz are and better understand what's going on the, in the NBA is listening to um, other people in other markets talk about their teams since then I can see how the jazz are doing in comparison. So that's honestly something that's helped me out a lot and just has made the NBA so much more exciting for me. Um, Tingus Pingus says the jazz are insane. Yeah. Like tonight you had a tear, an off night from three shooting 26%. Absolutely horrendous, but you just went out there and played solid defense and kept trying to get up threes. I think, how many threes did they take tonight? They shot terribly and they still took 46 threes. And so that shows that the Jazz are committed to what they're doing. They're going to be taking up um, three-pointers and we're not going to see that stop just because they're having an off night. So it's amazing to me that even when, that even though they only shot 12 of, um, 40, 12 of 46 from three, that they were able to... Um, let's do some quick math here. That leaves them shooting 20... Um, let's see, 27 of 39 from two. That is mind boggling. Um, that's almost at se that's around 70%. So the jazz were able to say, Hey, we might not be able to hit these three pointers, but we're just going to challenge bam. And we're going to get those points tonight. Bam definitely showed that while he can play offense, he's not the type of defensive center that Rudy Gobert is. And Rudy is just always going to be that linchpin. And that's why I personally think looking at the jazz, that he is our most valuable player. While he definitely needs solid wings around him to play well with only having one backup center and Derek favors who I would have confidence in to um, come in and cover for Rudy. If he was hurt, it would definitely require the jazz to play their hearts out offensively I, the Jazz just don't have that third string center. And we've seen that if you, when we lost Joe for a couple games, Jazz were able to keep winning. When we lost my, um, Donovan for two games, 
Jazz kept winning. We haven't lost a game without Mike Conley. So that just shows the depth the Jazz have at uh, from at the guard position. It's really helped them out when Bojan's having a rough season. They're still able to get those points if it's from Clarkson. And you have Ingles and O'Neal who are able to step up and get points even if those are those occasions are more rare than common. There are two players I have to shout out um, because I keep forgetting to, and this game is where I need to give them credit where credit is due. Niang, four for six from three, um, and was able to get up 14 points. He's had a rough season, only shooting around 30% from three. So seeing him get up those shots, have them go in, is really big, especially where he's our ninth guy in the rotation. And when we have players out, we need him to be able to come out and not play terribly. So having him play really well is super optimistic, and I hope that he'll be able to um, take that and keep going. And then I've got to give credit to Oni tonight, who, I mean, didn't make a field goal again, but was able to get to the line four times, made all of them. He had three offensive rebounds. Um, That was basically his stat line. He had three rebounds, and all of them were offensive boards. So watching him go out there, get more minutes. He had 13 minutes in total. Just get a feel for being on the court, being on the court in important minutes and be able to get more in a rhythm and hopefully one day enter the lineup. If he's able to, he would definitely be an upgrade for the Jazz and definitely help their bench from the defensive from a being able to have some good wings that can guard, which would help favors out a lot. The way the Jazz play um, defense, I'm pretty sure most people know, is they guard the shooters on the three-point line close and funnel um, everyone into Gobert. So favors is really good. That's not the best system for him because he's not as elite as Gobert is. So getting someone like Oni into the second rotation consistently and having him um, do a better job and hopefully keeping more guards away from favors would just really help the Jazz be able to have that solid bench unit, um, not only from an offensive perspective, but a defensive perspective, and push them to the point where I'm just even more confident in their ability to make the Western Conference Finals and, fingers crossed, make the Finals this year. I really do think the Jazz could be making it back this year for the first time in, what is it, 23 years? So, while these next 10 games going into the break are probably the most important in convincing me of that 100% getting me past the 90% I'm at now, it's just such an exciting future for the Jazz. Um, Tingus Pingus said, oh wait, so I miss, I wish Gobert made that half-court shot, that would have been so sick. That would have been amazing. I would have loved to see Gobert get a three this um this uh, this game and especially the half court buzzer beater. But sadly, it was not to be. Um, Tingus Pinga said, "Called Bank Ryzen subs coming soon. We're hoping we're we hit over four hundred this morning. Thank you guys for helping us there. Our goal is five hundred by the All Star break, um, which is the halfway point, and we'll be halfway to our goal of a thousand. So." Again, if you haven't subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. It helps us out immensely, and we're just super excited for all the growth we've had and 
that we're able to do it in a year where the jazz are just absolutely lighting it up. So, um, Gobert has looked more willing to shoot jump shots. I'll need to watch that a bit closer. Uh, I haven't really noticed any jump shots. I just, the thing that he's been so willing to do this year, and I feel like he's just got better at is kicking it out to the three point line. And that's why the jazz are able to get so many shots is instead of Gobert taking a contested shot that while he has a good look at it, he'll probably end up with the line at the line and make one or two shots from there or heaven forbid zero. He's able to get the ball out to three point shooters get some more swinging action and get an open look there. And with the percentage of the jazz are shooting, it's just absolutely been um, tremendous in allowing them to shoot 40 plus percent from three and be able to take over 40% of their shots from three as well. Jazz fan um, says, I think the Lakers weren't playing as good as that. I think if the Lakers weren't playing as good as they are, I bet they would be the championship favorite. Yeah. The Lakers are just a really good team. And so the Jazz are a really good team too. And they're beating teams. They've beat the Bucks. They've beat um, the Clippers. I'm pretty confident that they're going to beat the 76ers on Monday. Or at least that it's going to be a game. Um, that it's going to be close and going to go down to the wire. So overall, I am. I feel like the Jazz have a chance to upset the Lakers. I just need to see the game on the 24th to get a better feel of how the Jazz are going to stop both um, AD and LeBron James. So, um, yeah, Tingus Pinga said, um, just agrees with me that without Rudy, it would be a struggle to win, definitely. And so that's why he's the player I would be most concerned about getting injured right now. Nyang is the GOAT, absolutely, Corbin. Um, Royce almost had a 5 by 5 So for people who don't know what that is, let me read Royce's stat line because I do have to respect that. And I totally forgot that. So he had um, seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, three blocks, and um, eight points. So just impacting the game from every perspective tonight. O'Neal is absolutely underrated. There was a lot of talk at the beginning of the year how we need to get rid of him. And... It's really easy to talk about um, how bad things are going when you're four and four to start the year, but O'Neal has definitely shown that how valuable he can be as a starter. And while I wouldn't be opposed to upgrading O'Neal, I think it's a lot harder than people think, especially with how important the Jazz have shown chemistry is um, in just chemistry is in the league this season. The Jazz have better chemistry than any other team and they have the best record in the NBA. It's pretty simple and straightforward. Oni might be Tony Allen 2.0. I would, I, I would need to look into that more. Oni definitely is earning minutes and he has a lot of potential to come out. I don't know if that'll, when that will be, if it'll be in two, three seasons or if maybe over the summer, we're going to see him transition more to a bench role and getting the 20, 20 to 24 minutes, which would be super exciting. I just, I don't see that happening partway through the season unless the Jazz all of a sudden drop eight of 10. But I don't see that happening to this Jazz team at all unless, um, as aforementioned, unless Gobert gets injured. The Jazz are just going to keep winning and they're going to keep winning at a really high clip. 
Carter says, I hope the Jazz do well against the both Los Angeles teams just to prove that we are better than everyone thought. Yeah, I I think that the Jazz will go guaranteed to end this. I can't remember. Is it nine or is it ten games that are left so far on um on this season? Do 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 do. Where is my schedule? So we have or not season, but before the break. Okay, so there's nine games. They won tonight. I think the Jazz worst case scenario. Um, barring no in with no injuries, go six of nine to finish it out. I think that they could easily go seven of nine and eight of nine. Wouldn't be a shock. They'll definitely drop a game, whether it's an easy give me game or it's a game against one of the LA teams or the 76ers, but they definitely are going to show what they're made of. And I think they're going to at least be the two seed, um, going in, going into the playoff, going into the all-star break. So super just excited. They're going to really show that they're capable of winning. They've done that against the Bucks and the Clippers, but they're going to just add more to their resume th- these next few games. Royce is playing lockdown D. And I mean, tonight, he was. this was a back-to-back, and he had to guard Giannis for however many minutes last night. So his level of hustle was something that was, in, was, something that was really nice to see. I think... What summed up Royce O'Neal's game tonight for me was I believe it was the first quarter where there was a turnover. I can't remember who threw it away. I think it might have been Yang. Yang. Um, so there was a turnover and Royce is just kind of meandering down the court as one of the Heat players is going down to dunk it or lay it in. And just an easy fast, fast break um, bucket. So And then Royce out of nowhere just blocks him. And I was just mind blown at what I thought was Royce just kind of giving up on the play, turning into him stopping it and sending it the other way with no point, um, with no points being scored. I really think um, O'Neal needs more credit than he deserves more credit than he gets. And the big reason for that, let me pull up his individual stat sheet right now is yeah, he's only averaging 7.6 points. He's averaging almost seven rebounds a game. And when you're competing with Rudy Gobert for rebounds, that's always impressive. But if you look at his stats as a whole, do, 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 sorry about this. I, um, he is shooting this season 44.2% from three. So that's what he does is you have Conley, um, Bojan and Mitchell, who are all offensive threats in the starting lineup. And then you add O'Neal, who even if he's just who stands in a quarter and corner and does some cutting, and yeah, he's the fifth offensive option. You'd rather have the ball in anybody else's hand. You'd um and you have Gobert down low, who can't shoot a three but can dunk better than anyone in the league. And your fifth guy is someone who you can just kick it in the corner and he'll make over 44% of those attempts, he's absolutely just a linchpin. And that's why it would be so hard to replace him is I don't really think that you could get someone who's able to be the three and D guy that he is, who really just rounds out the jazz starting lineup. Um, Corbin asked if I ever play basketball, <laughs> I I should, I'm way too busy to actually play and I haven't played for a while, but I do want to get back into it. COVID doesn't help, but one of these days, I, I do want to start playing more again. 
Um, O'Neal guarding LeBron. Thoughts? I'm going to have to watch it this year. I I don't have enough memories on it, but I do know... Um, but I do want to say from the past that he's done a, a decent job. So as long as O'Neal is able to guard um, LeBron and then funnel him to Rudy in the paint, O'Neal will be very successful guarding LeBron. The biggest concern, though, is what's up with AD and if you end up having Gobert guarding AD on the perimeter. Excuse me, sorry. Let me, I'm going to grab a drink of water real quick. If you end up having O'Neal, um, Gobert guarding Davis on the perimeter, that's going to be really hard having Rudy do that because you're going to leave the paint open for Lakers players to drive into. And that's the biggest concern is even though Davis only shoots 30% from the three point line this year, you can't just leave him open. So what's going to happen? And are the Lakers a team set up to penetrate the paint against the jazz like nobody else? Because really it's no other when you, the only other team that can really pull Rudy away from the basket like that is possibly the Nuggets, who we struggled in our first win this year and then absolutely got destroyed by them the second time around. But they did have to go have one of the best three-point shooting nights in NBA history to do that. So I don't think we're going to get destroyed by the Nuggets as bad the next time we play them. It'll be interesting if they put Royce or, Bo- or or Bogey on LeBron. I think that Bogey would get absolutely destroyed by LeBron, but the real question is, like, what can you do? Who else can you put up against them? So that starting five is going to be really interesting. I would not be shocked if, against the Lakers, we start the Wasatch front. If we bring um, Derek Favors in to guard Anthony Davis, and then you put O'Neal on... LeBron, and that way you're able to have Gobert in his traditional spot in the paint. We'll see if that happens, but I think that's going to be what the Jazz have to do to be able to beat um, the Lakers. And the reason that was so hard two years ago when we played it is who did you have on the court? You had Mitchell, um, Rubio, and Crowder. And Crowder's okay from shoot- at shooting. Rubio's okay and Donovan's good and Donovan's really good but now if you have Bojan, Mike and Donovan who can all hit 40 plus percent from three then having favors beyond the court isn't going to be as much of an offensive liability and it should end up benefiting the Jazz so I do think we might see both of them end up starting come the 24th. The Jazz are a complete team. I think Philly will feel like they have hit the same brick wall. Yeah, I don't I don't think that Philly's nearly as good as everyone thinks they are. When you look at, I believe the biggest concern for them is looking at their point differential. And they're at plus 3.4 compared to the Jazz's 7.3. So statistically, they're not really, they're not that good. I mean, you have 538 putting them as... Let's see. Let me do... Um, what am I looking for? Looking for current rating. You have them as the sixth best team, according to 538. So, And the Jazz are the second best team. And I really just think that even without Conley, 
the 76ers are going to see how much better the West is than the East. Royce and Don are like best friends. It would hurt if we um, got rid of him or lost him. Yeah, it would. That's always a hard aspect. I do think Donovan is professional enough and Royce is professional enough, but you do want to see um, there is an aspect of loyalty and the Jazz definitely have a lot more loyalty than other organizations. That's why when Derek Favors um, was traded to the Pelicans, the Millers went out and they bought a full-page ad in the Salt Lake Tribune. And that's why Derek Favors wanted to come back to Utah, is even though they traded him away, like they, were, they weren't going to re-sign him. So what they did was they said, hey, we will pick up your player option and we'll trade you. So they helped him get the most money he could and helped him get to what was honestly a good situation in New Orleans last year. And he came back because he wanted to be in Utah. And that's the type of envi- um, atmosphere that the Millers have created. And hopefully Ryan Smith will continue. And, and I believe that Ryan Smith will continue. J- um, Orbit X says, Jazz need more muscle to battle the Lakers. Get Crowder back for his shooting and muscle. Um, is there no space? So, yeah, I don't... The Jazz are over the salary cap. Um, Crowder is making a nice chunk of change. I can check um, his contract, and as much as I'd love to get Crowder back, it's just not its not feasible. And I, I think I'll, I'll see how I feel about um, – okay, no, that is – here we go. Jay Crowder um, – wait, we'll wait for my computer to pull that up. But he's making a nice chunk of change. He's a great player who I really miss having here in Utah, but – um, he's making nine million this year, ten million ne- next year. So the Jazz don't have anyone they can just package out. You'd have to get rid of someone like Joe um, and throw in like Elijah Hughes or or Doak, and I don't think it's worth it. While the Jazz would definitely benefit from some more physical play, they're winning right now. So if they were to fall apart and go like three of six to end the All Star break, I could see leaning more that way, but I don't think we're going to see any jazz action um, before the trade deadline. And you guys can let me know in the chat, like what trades you think could happen. Uh, Go to the ESPN trade calculator and take a look at some Dale. And I will probably put out another video. I'm just discussing some possibilities before that comes up and we'd love your input and your feedback. And we discuss, if you guys came up with some solid trades, we would definitely discuss that in a video. So, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I'll keep going if anyone wants to drop anything else in the live chat. We're at 27 concurrent um, viewers, which I think ties our record. And if if anyone, if you've enjoyed this video, please drop a like. It helps more people find it and it helps us be able to get more concurrent um, viewers so we can just have a great night like we did tonight. So thank you everyone for trade go bear and get Shaq you know Shaq thinks we should do that I I definitely not down with that one but um Corbin Brown 27 in the stream yeah we're just joining Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert who both had the jazz high in points last night with 27 just honoring Gobert as the 27th pick so hey thank you guys so much again for tuning in um, we will. I'll see you Monday night. I'll do the stream after the 76ers. So have a great Sunday and go Jazz.